Amen. Praise God. I, I was thinking, was thinking the other day, and that's this is not what I'm going to preach about, but I was thinking about the other day how easy it is to live for God. It's just a few little bitty things done consistently. And that's the key. When you learn how to pray consistently, come to church consistently. Amen. Be be uh, instant. Be uh, faithful. Just a few little, little, little things consistently. Amen. You you won't you won't fall off track if you get consistent. And the church won't all have to bind together and pray emergency prayers over you if you get consistent. Amen. Consistency will take care of a lot of emergencies. I don't know if you like that or not, but consistency will take care of a lot of emergencies. Well, hallelujah. Consistently give and consistently be a good steward. You won't have an emergency every Thursday and Friday and you're out of gas and well, hallelujah. I don't know why I'm rambling on about that. That's not even what I'm preaching about. Amen. But I, I want to be consistent. You know why? God wants to use people that he can trust. Amen. Who he can count on. So I appreciate you being here tonight. This is Wednesday. This is double portion Wednesday. I know you've already worked. I know you're tired. I know it's 100 degrees all day long and the air conditioners ain't working right. And so my prayer, God, put a double portion on the people that walk through the door tonight. Double portion of your blessing and anointing. Amen. Whatever they have need of, give them twice what they need. Whatever they're praying about, do it two times. In Jesus' name. Hey. You have not because you ask not. Sometimes you got to learn to just open your mouth and talk to God. And then I pray for people to get the Holy Ghost and they just sit there with their mouth shut. I'm thinking, how are you going to get the Holy Ghost with your mouth shut? I mean, you got to open your mouth. Still thinking about getting a sign out there on the door that says, Pitch your gum out. Don't bring it in here. Amen. Can't speak in tongues and chew bubble gum at the same time. Amen. Praise God. But don't put it past me. I have reached in somebody's mouth and pulled their gum out where they could get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. I want everybody to go to heaven. Praise God. Amen. While I'm talking about it, I appreciate you uh, respecting the house of the Lord, making your children respect the house of God. I don't, you know, I just... I don't know. I don't want it to look like a convenience store or a restaurant. Man, we're just here a little bit of time. You know, I don't know. My mom never let me eat while I was in church. Gummy worms or gummy bears or suckers or gum or whatever. Man, I think if I would... Of course, it may be my fault. They may be buying in my store. I need them to take a trip to the store, I think. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Anyway, I'm not preaching about that either. Praise God. Isaiah 9 and 6. 
I was blessed to be able to preach a little bit of this this morning to a funeral of my family in Cabot. And, uh, of course, they got the very low-key, respectful version of it. <laughs> and you're going to get the, this is my belief, hallelujah version of it. Amen. Because this is... This is the difference between us and everybody else in the world. Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. That means he was going to be the authority. And his name shall be called, everybody say his name, shall be called. Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I want to preach a little while. It's all in Him. Amen. Can you set your Bibles down? And I don't want you to just begin to praise Jesus for a little bit. Hallelujah. I wish some people that's had their eyes open we begin to praise God that we know exactly who he is. Come on, the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How does it feel to be on the winning side? I said, how does it feel to be on the winning side? Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time to Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for standing. You can be seated. Amen. This is what I want to preach tonight. I uh, came to the church after the funeral today, prepared to preach whatever the Lord would have me to preach. And he just took I guess what I had this morning added a little bit to it and um, amen so this really is double portion Wednesday amen praise God but I could hear it all day long I said I could hear it all day long Isaiah 9 and 6 one of the most powerful verses in the Bible I believe because it is the revelation of who Jesus is if you never figure out who Jesus is, Acts 2.38 will do you no good. John 3 and everything that we love to preach will do you no good if you never get the concept of who Jesus really is. Amen. This is, the, this is what trips up the whole world and trips up your neighbors and wonderful people. But I, I thought, you know what? It, it is time for us to not not just sit and be thankful that God showed us a revelation, but I think it's time to be thankful and then open our mouth and start telling everybody we know who Jesus really is. Amen. I, I think there's conversations that we have avoided for way too long. The churches remain silent because they don't want to be ridiculed and made fun of. Amen. But I believe we're on the, in the last days of the earth age. And I believe God's coming back 
after a people that's made themselves ready. Hey man, you talking about the joy of the Lord. When you get it down in your spirit and you start telling everybody, hey, let me tell you who Jesus is. Come on, clap your hands to Jesus. Hallelujah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is an Old Testament prophecy of Jesus Christ, which would be the coming Messiah. The prophet Micah said this baby would be born in Bethlehem. And according to the prophecy of Isaiah, the baby would be a son that would be given to us. Amen. We don't run from the descriptions of what God really is. Amen. We don't run from the descriptions of who God really is. It said there would be a son given to us. But at the same time, he would be called the everlasting father. At the exact same time, amen, a son would be given to us, but his name would be called the everlasting father, which means he is father and son at the exact same time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the book of Timothy, in the book of Revelations, multiple times Jesus would be called Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And Isaiah would call him in his prophecy the Prince of Peace. Amen. A prince is the son of a king. So at the very same time, Jesus would be Lord of Lords, he would be King of Kings. And he would be prince of peace. Well, hallelujah. In Revelations, the 13th chapter, it would call Jesus the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And Isaiah would call him the mighty God. At the very exact same time, he's the mighty God. And he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. John would call him the word, which is the logos, which was with God and which was God. But there would come a time when that word would become flesh and dwell among us and we beheld his glory is what the Bible said. Isaiah would also say he would be a, everybody say a counselor. This counselor is by definition the same word as the word comforter, which is found in John the 14th chapter. When you look up the word comforter in John 14, it simply says it is a counselor. So the prophecy of Isaiah would be whatever you want God to be is exactly what he is. If you need a heavenly father to wrap his arms around you today, he's a heavenly father. If you need a mighty God to come and rescue you, 
He's a mighty God. If you need a lamb slain from the foundation of the world to get your heart right, he's the lamb that was slain. Let me tell you, it is all in him. I said it's all in him. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord together. People may say, how could he be a father and a son at the same time? And how could he be a king and a prince at the same time? How could he be counselor and comforter at the exact same time? And I believe that Paul, writing to his son in the gospel, explained it the best way. He said, without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. The Bible said it was God. Everybody say it was God. It was God that was manifest in the flesh. It was God that was justified in the spirit. It was God that was seen of angels. It was God that preached unto the woman at the well that day. It was God that was believed on in the world. It was God that was received up in the glory while the disciples stood there and looked. Are you thankful you know who Jesus is? Hallelujah. Paul was saying it is this simple. God, who is a spirit, praise God, God, who is a spirit, was manifest in the flesh. I'm telling you, the Bible is so simple. If people would just open their eyes and their understanding, amen, that spirit became flesh. This is how Paul would write it to the church of Colossians. Talking about Jesus Christ, he said he is the image. Everybody say the image. He's the image of the invisible God. (laughs) He's the part you can see. No man hath seen God at any time. Because God is a spirit. But when that spirit manifests itself in the flesh, all of a sudden the writer John said, we beheld his glory. Something we'd never seen before. Amen. We prayed to the spirit. We prayed to a God we'd never seen. But there came a day when he showed up. We saw him. The Bible said, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, 
that in all things he might have the preeminence. Hallelujah. When he was walking this earth, the Pharisees never comprehended it. The Sadducees never comprehended it. It took some people of faith. It took some fishermen. Praise God, it took some people that never went to Bible college. It took some people who never even thought about being theologians. People who never bought into the lie. Amen, they saw it when nobody else could see it. Amen, what are you looking at, Simon Peter? You're looking at the image of the invisible God. Amen. Amen. Can I preach to you a little while? It's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in him. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. You know what my prayer is? Somebody would get a burn in this place. Amen. That you would get sick and tired of watching your family go to hell. Get sick and tired of watching your neighbors go to hell. You don't want to offend anybody. Amen. It's time. We can do it with passion. We can do it with love. We can do it with wisdom. But we can't keep our mouth shut. We got to stand up and tell people who Jesus really is. Come on, clap your hands. Hallelujah. Paul was saying Jesus is not just another person, but he was the image of the one person of God. The writer Hebrews would say it like this, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Hallelujah. That means he's not a second person. That means he's not the vice president of a man-made trinity. That means he is the image of the person of God. (laughs) Does it get any more simple than being the image of God? He would write to Colossians, Paul would beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. What is Paul writing about? He's writing about them old irritating Greeks. And all they want to do is sit around and talk about philosophy. Confuse people. Talk about nonsense. Paul said, beware of all that garbage. And I'll tell you, beware of all the garbage you read. Kind of quiet. It's all right. He said, beware, lest any man ruin you, spoil you. It ain't talking about like a spoiled child, kind of it is. He's talking about a rotten apple, if I could say it like that. Don't let any man take this wonderful truth you've got and confuse you and turn you into a rotten human being. After the tradition of men. Well, you know, this is how we've done it. 
And I'm not worried about traditions of men. I'm worried about what does this book say. Hallelujah. Praise God. After the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him, in who? In Christ Jesus. Dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power. Amen. Praise God. In him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You know what that means? If it was deity, it was in Jesus. That means outside of the body of Jesus, there wasn't any more deity anywhere else. If it was father attributes, it was in that body. If it was prince of peace attributes, it was in that body. If it was wonderful, it was in that body. If it was counselor, it was in that body. If it was comforter, it was in that body. When you seen Jesus walking, you were seeing the image of God walking on this earth. Hallelujah. So that's what I'm going to preach about for just a little while if you'll let me. Everybody say it's all in him. It's all in him. Do you think the Holy Ghost got on somebody someday when they wrote a song? It's all in him. Hallelujah. I know it did because it got on me today. And I started saying it's all in him. You know what? I don't want the Greek version of Christianity. I don't want the Roman version of Christianity. I don't want the charismatic version of Christianity or Cousin Tom's version of Christianity. I want the apostolic, biblical, You know what? There's too many people going through too many different versions. Living too many different versions. When you start getting into other versions, you you start getting into things that's going to make God mad at you. There's something beautiful about somebody that says, I want to see and ask for the old paths. Wherein is the good way? And I'm going to walk therein. Hallelujah. Is it hard if I preach an old, old message? Do y'all want a fresh word or do you want an ancient word tonight? (laughs) Amen, I got an ancient word to preach to this church. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. He didn't become two when he got to the New Testament. He didn't morph out into three when he came to the second generation. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Are you thankful you know who Jesus is? Hey, I, I hope this is all right on a Wednesday night. I don't text everybody to figure out who's going to be there and who ain't and who's bringing a guest and who ain't. I just get on my face and start talking to God. And he gives me something to preach, and I'm about to preach it. Amen, that it's all in him. I said it's all in him. I said it's all in him. Hallelujah, in this Bible, it's all in him. Amen, and the teachings down the road, I don't know where they come up with that, but in the Bible, it's all in him. I don't know where the watchtower came up with all their garbage, but in that book right there, it's all in him. Amen. I don't know where all Protestants got their teachings, but I know in this book right here, it's all in him. I don't know where Eastern Orthodox came up with all their beliefs, but in my Bible, it's all in him. And ye are complete. Hallelujah. It would be, it would be comical. If it wasn't so sad, how Christianity has progressed away from its original teaching so much. They have drifted from the teachings of Jesus and the teaching of the apostles. So when you come out of the Bible days and the early history of the church, they began to be influenced by many different uh, nations around them. Let me tell you, all nations in the world had multiple gods. Every other nation in the world was polytheistic, meaning they had multiple gods that they served. Some of them were the sun, the moon. They had different stupid things. But anyway, only Israel had one god. They were the oddballs. They were the peculiar people because they adhered to the doctrine of there only being one God. But when you get past uh, the biblical years and you get into early church history, it's sad the way they begin to come up with new things. The first thing they came up with was that there was two instead of one. They had a father and they had a son. And the son was, was subordinate to the father. And so the only problem with that theory is that the Bible don't agree with that. <laughs> Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Amen. If we're one, I'm not subordinate to the other. Hallelujah. Then they tried to do it a little different. They said, we're going to add another spirit called the Holy Spirit. So there would be three. There would be a Father and a Son and then a Holy Spirit. The problem with that is there's too much scripture that says there's only one spirit. The Bible said there is one body and one 
spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. So they tried to make a trinity that they divided Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they gave all three of them equal power. The only problem with that is this Bible that's sitting in front of me. Because Jesus said, all power (laughs) is given unto me, not just on earth, but he said in heaven and in earth. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Come on, we're going up against 2,000-year-old devils right now. Amen, but we're going to preach truth in this city. And we're going to turn this city upside down. Come on, let it be said it was this church, these disciples that turned their city upside down. So the problem with their co-equal trinity was that Jesus snatched all the power. (laughs) If there was two others, they wouldn't have no power. Thank God we know who Jesus is. Thank God it makes sense when you know he's the image of the invisible God. If God goes from spirit to being a flesh walking around, his spirit didn't leave behind. He was talking all power. He wasn't bragging on how tough he was. He was revealing to the people, I'm just the image of God. And they tried to describe their newfound trinity as three co-eternal persons meaning that they had all existed in separate persons forever. The only problem with that is this book that's in front of me. That's why they hate this book. If you'll study history, you'll know why there was a time called the Dark Ages. And they took the Bible away from all of y'all. So y'all would just listen to what you're told. And you couldn't back it up. You couldn't study it. Thank God the day the common people. Thank God the day the most people got a Bible in their hand. Thank God the day you got a Bible in your hand. God allowed you to look at it and study it for yourself. My grandpa Motes was uh, Assembly of God Trinitarian in the early 19, I think 30s or no, maybe 40s it was. He was in in their old house in Mountain View, Arkansas and he had a lantern burning and he was reading the Bible. My grandmother was in the living room. She always made quilts. Anytime you went to her house there was always something hanging from the ceiling. But she would work on quilts and grandpa was reading the Bible. And the story was he started hollering from the back room. I see it. 
I see it. I got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Jesus is the name of the Father. Jesus is the name of the Son. Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost. I got to be baptized in that name. Thank God for his word. So they're co-eternal, that they existed forever. Sound like a cute little story. Problem is, you got this Bible. And this Bible says, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman under the law. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. The Bible explained that there was a time when there was not a son of God. The son of God title came from the manifestation of God in Bethlehem in a manger. Amen. When you study the Bible and you read father, what you need to think of is spirit. God is a spirit. And when you read Son of God, that's not a scary word. It means the man. It's referring to the man that walked the streets. The man that put his hands on people and healed blinded eyes. The man that said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. Amen. That is the title that was given to the Son of We're not tripped out about titles. We know what it means. Isaiah told us a son is going to be given. But that son is going to be the everlasting father. That son is going to be the mighty God. I wish somebody helped me right now. Hallelujah. This is why. Jesus would tell Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. You know, they got fired up when he said that. The Pharisees wanted to kill him. The whole Sanhedrin wanted to kill him. All the Jews wanted to kill him. And they found out he was saying, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How can you say that, Jesus? Well, when you're the express image of God, you can say, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Oh, I feel like shouting right now. (laughs) Jesus would go on to preach. He said, I'll pray the Father and he shall give you another, everybody say comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, capital S, spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. What what a revelation. Jesus was saying, the comforter, The world ain't going to get it because they don't see it. But you see it. 
Because he's walking with you. He's paying your taxes for you. He's multiplying fishes and loaves for you. (laughs) But he shall be in you. What was Jesus saying? We're fixing to do this deal different in just a few days. I know you're used to walking with me and checking my collar for me and used to seeing me and feeling my hand pat you on the back. He's saying, but it's about to change because I'm not going to be walking beside you. I'm going to be inside of you. How? How? How how can you do that? He goes on to say, I will not leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you without a counselor. He said, I will come to you. He was saying, uh, there's something about to happen uh, and it's going to change your whole life. Uh, Boy, I feel a Holy Ghost in this place. He said it's about to be transformation time. We're going to change from being in bodily form to being back in spirit form. He said, I will come to you. The comforter. Amen. I looked up the word comforter again today. You get a Bible dictionary. I love to study words. If you don't know the meaning of words, you don't know the meaning of the Bible. So I I thought, I'm just going to read it again. I'm fixing to preach a little funeral. And I want to make sure that my memory is working. So I looked up comforter. And the very first word is like the dash. And then it said, Counselor. Isaiah said, there's going to be a son given. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. Everlasting Father. Mighty God. Prince of Peace. What was he saying? He said, there's a... There's going to be a man coming. He's going to be everything that you need. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus in his own words said it like this. I am Alpha and Omega. The New Testament was written in Greek. The first alphabet letter of Greek is Alpha. That's the first letter, like A. Alpha. And our Z is the last letter in our alphabet. Theirs is Omega. Jesus said, after he's resurrected, he said, I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end, which was, which is. Which is to come. The Almighty. 
Jesus was reiterating what Isaiah said. If it's deity, Jesus said, I'm it. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want to, for just a minute, I want to talk about this Holy Ghost experience. Amen. The greatest day of your life is the day you get the Holy Ghost. Amen. The second greatest day is when you get another Holy Ghost breakthrough. <laughs> the third best day of your life is when you get that third Holy Ghost breakthrough. They're all good. In the Old Testament, it was described as counselor. In the New Testament, it was described as comforter. The comforter is our Christ connection. I want you to get that. The disciples' Christ connection was a, a verbal speaking to a man, man to man. But mine and your Christ connection is through the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so someone who has never got the Holy Ghost, they can't even say he's Lord without getting that connection. And if you want to know why the devil tries so hard to get you to backslide, he wants you to lose your Christ connection. That's why Paul would say to Timothy, look, find you a place to pray, my friend. Stir up the gift that's in you. He said, you got it when I laid my hands on you. Amen. You don't have to have somebody lay their hands on you to get the Holy Ghost. But a lot of people need a boost of faith to get to that place and there's nothing wrong with that but he told Timothy you gotta stir up the gift that is that's why you can't go 20 years without speaking in tongues that's why you can't sit on a pew like a knot on a log and never connect back with God because your connection is with the Holy Ghost And this is, what is it? Well, what is the Holy Ghost? It's simply the Spirit of God. The Bible calls it the Spirit of Christ in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. It is our ever-present help in the time of trouble. It is our strong tower. How do you relate to the words of David? Who God spoke to face to face. And how do you relate to Moses who God dealt with. And spoke to verbally like man to man. How, how do you relate to them? This is how you relate to them. You get the Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost will lead you into all truth. Some people say, oh, I wish I lived in the book of Exodus where, where God spoke to you. 
If you would open up your heart, God would speak to you right now. He said there would be a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye therein. When you get the Holy Ghost, that's your Christ connection. Oh, I feel Jesus in this place. I began to think today about what our world needs so bad. What our family needs so bad. What our friends need so bad is the comforter. You can drive through the city and look at people and they're just hurting. They're angry. Life has beat them down. I thought they need the comforter. Somebody was telling me something the other day about somebody. I don't even remember what it was. They were just so mad at this person. What a scoundrel they were. And I said, just think about how they would be if they had the Holy Ghost, though. Amen. Oh, praise God. Maybe I'm preaching to a bunch of former angels that translated into Holy Ghost filled humans. No. There's a long list of bad stuff in that Bible, and at the end of the list, it says something like this And such were some of you. <laughs> but you've been washed. <laughs> You've been changed. Old things passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together. Come on, why don't you go ahead and stand together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, we need the Holy Ghost so bad. Our world needs the Holy Ghost. I was preaching to a hurting family today. And I told them, you need the comforter. But you know what? Everybody. Everybody needs a comforter. To make it through this life, you need the comforter. And to make it out of this life. You hear me? You may think you could make it. Without the comforter through this life. And deal with it. You may be tough. Let me tell you. When God calls your name. You will definitely. Need the comforter. He said, without the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. What is the Spirit of Christ? Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call it. We got to have it. I said we got to have it. And we would be foolish to think that you could get one touch of God 
Repent of your sins and God allow you to speak in tongues and feel His presence. And then you go out there and live an unholy life and think the Holy Ghost is just going to keep hanging out. Tell you there's going to be a lot of empty Pentecostals on the day the rapture happens that thought they had it all together. You got to mortify the deeds of the body. You know what? Every day of your life, you ought to wake up. Say, search my heart, God. Renew in me a right spirit. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. What, what Does it take all that? Do you want to be raptured? We got to be ready. If you think you can flip a lid and wait till Sunday and hate everybody all week long and think you're alright, you're misunderstanding. The Holy Ghost is a dove. It's shy. You go to fooling with things you shouldn't be fooling with. It's going to be trouble. The scariest thing I've ever seen is someone that's lost the spirit, but they just keep on living their life like they still got it. And they're hollow. And they think in their mind, well, it's just, for some reason, I'm having a harder time touching God. I just don't really feel like it. I tell you, you need to pray until it feels like it used to feel. God, it, it ain't like gasoline that wears out and burn it out. You, you should get more. You, you should get closer to Him. The Holy Ghost should lead you into more truth. You should feel closer to God the longer you live for God. I'm not saying you don't go through moments and trials. I'm not talking about that at all. But to just arbitrarily say, I got it. Back up. Oh, Lord, don't let it be this church. Don't. I feel Jesus right now. You remember what happened the night you got the Holy Ghost? First time you ever spoke in tongues. I can tell you what happened. You became a broken person. And you started saying stuff. And you started telling God all kinds of stuff. If you'll feel me, I'm going to live for you. If you'll feel me, I'll, I'll stop doing whatever. If you'll feel me, I'll go fix my closet. You, you told them a lot of things. When you start feeling empty, my friend, it may be because there's a bunch of empty promises. I, I want my cup. I'm glad they sing. I'm full and running over. I was looking out to see who all was full and running over. I don't know. Do you think it would be God's will for your cup to run over? 
Do you think it'd be God's will for you to just feel the joy? Not just a little joy, but the joy unspeakable. You think God just rations things? I don't believe that at all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. You read this Bible, maybe I'll read it the next week or two. I try to read it every year. The blessings. If you keep all these commandments, I'm going to open the storehouse. I'm going to bless you when you're coming in. I'm going to bless you when you're going out. Bless your... The field. Whatever you touch, I'm going to bless. You think God changed his mind and said, I, I don't really like that idea anymore. I think he likes that idea. It's always that big word, if. 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 Maybe I'll preach a message someday called Ify. God's blessings are kind of iffy. If you'll do it. Is there any hungry people in the house? Is there anybody that's really thirsty? For a drink from the fountain. Come on, why don't we turn it into a little prayer room right now? Come on, whatever you need. <laughs> whatever you need is in this house. Whatever you need is all in Him. Come on, if you'll just lift your hands and start crying out to Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I can't make it without you.